Today is the first day of the church's year and the first day also of the season of Advent. That season which prepares us for the glorious feast of Christmas. The word Advent comes from the Latin venio, meaning I come. According to St. Bernard, who wrote more than 900 years ago, the word denotes the three comings of Christ, his past, his present, and his future. More than 2,000 years ago, St. Bernard reminds us our Lord came to us in the flesh. But today he comes to us in the spirit through sanctifying grace. And he will, of course, come again at the end of time to judge the living and the dead. When he came 2,000 years ago in the flesh, he came in humility. Remember the opening words of the prologue of St. John. He came into his own, and his own received him not. When he wished a place to be born, he was denied entrance into the inn. He was maltreated by men, suffered, died, ignominiously upon the cross. And all this for me. It was because Christ came in the flesh some 2,000 years ago that he can come today invisibly through sanctifying grace into the souls of the just. In fact, the whole purpose of his coming in the flesh was to enter into the hearts of men. St. John, in his Gospel, chapter 14, reminds us of these words of our Lord. He said, If any man loves me, he will keep my commandments, and my Father and I will come to him, and we will make our abode in him. When we were baptized, we were transferred from a state of enmity to one of friendship with Almighty God. And as a result of sanctifying grace in our souls, the three divine persons took up their abode in us. They stayed there as long as we remained in sanctifying grace. The tragedy of, of sin is that it drives God from the presence of man's soul. And if he dies in mortal sin, he will be forever condemned from the presence of Almighty God. The great treasure that we have, this side of heaven, is eternal life, which is the fruit of sanctifying grace. 
Today, on the first Sunday of Advent, the priest wears violet or purple. The last time on a Sunday that you saw a priest wearing violet was during Lent. The Sundays of Easter were Sundays on which the priest wore white, symbolical of Christ's resurrection. And during Pentecost and all of its Sundays, the priest wore green. Pentecost Sunday, of course, is red, signifying the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles. But ever afterwards, it is green, the sign of fertility. For in the soul of the just man, there is sanctifying grace and the presence of Almighty God. On this Sunday... The Gospel of St. Luke is presented to us. And there St. Luke tells us about the end of the world. It seems that you just heard this last week. But last week's Gospel, although indeed it dealt with the end of the world, was slightly different. It was taken from St. Matthew's Gospel. And in St. Matthew's Gospel, our Lord's words come as a result of this phrase. The apostles were gloating over the glory of the temple. And our Lord said to them that not a stone upon a stone of that building would remain. They asked him a confused question. When will this be? What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? And he tells them the answer to all of these questions in a way that is mixed up and to our ears possibly garbled. But today and this Sunday, the focus of attention is on the end of the world. For Christ, who did come in humility some 2,000 years ago, will come in great power and might to judge the living and the dead. You know that when he hung on the cross on Calvary, there was on one side of him the good thief and on the other side the evil one. Fathers of the church point out to us that all mankind will be divided into these two classes. Either those who are to enjoy forever the friendship of Almighty God, those on the right side, or those who will forever be condemned from his presence. If you read today's gospel closely, you do find that there is terror for the nations. And the nations represents those who do not accept our Lord. But to those who are his friends, they are told to lift up their heads, for their redemption is now at hand.
Men can escape the justice of other men. But none of us can escape the justice of Almighty God. St. Paul, in his second letter to the Corinthians, tells us, we will all come before the judgment seat of Christ to receive in our bodies, according to our deeds, whether good or whether ill. This time of Advent is a time during which our Holy Mother, the Church, solicitous for our eternal salvation, reminds us of the coming judgment, but also reminds us that our Lord came 2,000 years ago for us men and for our salvation. She wants us in spirit to unite ourselves with the Jews of the Old Testament, those who were faithful to Almighty God, who prayed and who do penance so that the Messiah would come into the world. And she also tells us that we are to pray and we are to do some penance in order that the purpose of our Lord's coming, the salvation of men's souls, may be realized. The great preparation that we can have for the coming of Christ is to go to the sacrament of penance. This sacrament was instituted by our Lord after his resurrection from the dead in order to remove mortal sin committed after baptism. There is one sacrament that we can receive after baptism when we are in mortal sin. And that sacrament is the great sacrament of penance. The popes of the 19th and 20th century, however, have encouraged all of us to go frequently to the sacrament of penance. I said that it was instituted to remove mortal sin. But in order to receive this sacrament freely, this sacrament fruitfully, all that we have to do is to confess some sin. If, of course, we have mortal sins on our souls that have not been confessed, we must confess them. If we do not, then we can confess one or the other of our venial sins. If we have been preserved from committing even a venial sin since our last confession, we can recall, we can recall some sin from our past life. At least in general, we could say, for example, I am sorry for all of my sins, especially for my sins of detraction, my sins of disobedience, my sins of impurity, or whatever kind of sin we wish to confess. I point this out to you now because many people believe that if they are not burdened by mortal sin, they do not really have to try to remove their venial sins.
But this, of course, is an indignity committed against our divine Lord. St. Ignatius of Loyola, in the first sermon, or rather the first meditation of the first week of his exercises, bids us to picture before our mind's eye the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. He then tells us, Christ died for me. And he asks, what have I ever done for Christ? What am I doing for Christ? What will I do for Christ? If I am aware that I have several venial offenses that I commit with some regularity against Almighty God, then to show my love of Him, I should take one of these sins and declare war upon it. St. Ignatius tells us that when we arise in the morning, we can make the good resolution that we will defend ourselves from falling into one particular venial sin. And then during the course of the day, we can examine our conscience to see how many times we have failed. If you do this frequently, you will be able to see an improvement in your lives. If you do this, you will be able to make your confessions even more fruitfully. We wish to prepare ourselves for the coming of Christ. We wish also that the grace won by Christ on Calvary may be given to all men. Christ knocks at their door, but they are deaf to his call. We pray that they may not continue, they may not persevere in their deafness, but they may be prompt and diligent to do the will of Almighty God. We pray also for ourselves, for we recall that Christ who came some 2,000 years ago in humility as an infant babe will come again in great power and might to judge the living and to judge the dead. Please, God, that when he comes so, we will find ourselves upon his right-hand side and not upon his left, where we will hear those dreadful words, Depart from me into the everlasting fire which has been prepared for the devil and for his angels. God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.